Hi guys, I'm Rachel and I'm Jess and this is Mothering On My Own podcast. Each episode will dive into stories of resilience, triumph and personal growth shared by women who are mothering on their own. This podcast serves as a reminder that you are not truly alone and there's a community of women who are navigating the highs and lows of this extraordinary journey. Join us as we unpack the many ways of mothering on my own. Welcome to this next episode of Mothering On My Own. We've got another solo ep coming in for you hot. We get a number of questions that come through throughout the week and we're so grateful for them. It gives us such valuable information as to what you guys are wanting to hear and and what stuff that you guys find valuable. Obviously, we have so many incredible guests that we've already spoken to that we've got coming up and we want to try and cover as much as we possibly can. Yeah, we thought we'd just jump on and do a bit of a solo ep and and touch base over some of the more current reoccurring things that have come through. Yeah, absolutely. I think that every week we're doing these interviews with people and then we just have so much to kind of like dissect and talk about after them. So every now and then you'll get this little cheeky surprise chats from (laughs) from us. So I want to like straight away, let's just like kind of recap the last few episodes, I think, when we chat. We spoke to Maddie, who's a mortgage broker, my good girlfriend. I just found that there were so many things in there for a single parent looking to buy a first home that I just didn't know about. You know, things like child support payments, like if you want to use those to pay to to go towards getting a loan, that they need to be consecutive in your bank account for three to six months. For me, if I was trying to get a loan back when... So I... My ex and I had a house together and then we sold it and there was a there was a quite a large chunk of not en- not enough for a house, but enough for a deposit from selling that house. Obviously, I still had to work really hard to get my income per year very high. So I could, you know, obviously borrow an amount that will allow me. I'm actually building a house at the moment, which I just am so fortunate, so grateful. Whenever I think about it, I get quite emotional because it's something that I've always wanted in my life. And we spoke about this in our episode with Maddie. So I, I'm well aware how I've worked really hard. So I'm not saying lucky, but I totally recognize that that's something that not everyone can do. But if I were, if I had to go back and kind of do that whole child support towards my income, mine wouldn't have gone through because my child support was in drinking grabs. So mm. I think just things like that was just really informative. And just like, if you haven't listened to it yet, go back because even planning to have a house. Like I know, Rach, you were saying that you're not in a position now, but things to think about kind of in the next one to two years. I, th- I just really, really got a lot out of it. I mean, even that child support thing, it's like how unfortunate that even when you're not together, mm. their choices and how they do things could impact your ability to yeah. get a house. Um, yeah. That's just madness to me and unfortunate because there are, there are many that, like you said, it's sporadic and it's not, you know, done properly. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's consequences that, you know, come with that. But yeah, you're right. It's really interesting. After that conversation, I basically resigned myself to the fact that I wasn't going to have a house. I wasn't going to buy a house. I looked up tiny homes. To be honest, I still might do that. Um, <laughs> but just thought it's just you know, I live in Melbourne, apartments in my area, $700,000. Like, come on, like who is actually doing that? Mm. But I think from that conversation, it just gave me some hope, some ideas and just some next steps. I think sometimes what's really helpful is whether you can see it as a possibility or not, 
It's just sort of like, what is these next steps that I can take? And the bigger picture might seem really difficult and out of reach and that's okay. But if I can have some next steps that I can work towards, Mm. then all of a sudden that bigger picture, it gets, you know, less distant. So it just gave me some hope and some things that I can now look at and even some different ways of doing it. You know, maybe I'm not buying my dream family home, you know, Mm. because that's probably not reality, but maybe I can do something else. So very, very helpful. And then obviously our last conversation was with Elizabeth. Now I didn't experience infidelity, but we actually had a comment come through this morning that was just like, even just for all single parents, that feeling of having your life ripped out underneath you, Mm. I think is, you know, can be quite relatable. But one thing that I just I really took so much from her conversation is just really that feeling of, and I have a couple of friends that have experienced infidelity and a separation as a result. And that feeling of being like, hang on a minute, I actually always wanted a family and I don't want to be away from my children. And now all of a sudden I feel like I'm being punished for something that I didn't actually want. And that Mm -hmm. feeling I feel like would be such a, a challenging one to grapple with. I think that was just such a big takeaway from that conversation is just feeling like, hang on a minute, you're getting away with this life scot-free and off you go. It just, yeah, I can't even imagine it, to be honest. Yeah, it's funny. Before, I'm trying to think if my girlfriend and I used to have this chat a lot and we're the two out of our friendship group that were raised by single mums, not from infidelity, not on my part. I'm not sure about her family. I don't think so. But we used to always talk about cheating and exactly that, saying they're the ones or whoever eats, but then you needed to share your baby. And that yeah. is just really heartbreaking. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it w- and it's just, yeah, crazy. And that's why I think I got so emotional when she spoke about that moment that she kind of walked in and picked her son Ollie up and kind of just said, like, I'm so sorry that your life has changed. And, again, yes, we can relate to it mm-hmm. no matter cheating or not. Or yeah. it, that feeling of what is to come now? Like, mm-hmm. what is this? And that's what is so hard with it all and we talk about you know you never know what you don't know but when you when you become a single parent it's it's just so scary and I think that's why we've just these conversations that we've been having have just like they're endless there's just so many different scenarios and it's just so hard and that's why I think that we get so emotional every time we talk about this because no matter what it is the reality is we're single or solo parents now or we've had to go through that whether you've got a partner now, you've you've had to go through that real full shake-up of life and it's just heartbreaking. So, yeah, the chats have just been incredible and it feels kind of nice knowing that no matter who we are and how different we all are, we've all got these things that we can just kind of relate to each other about and it, it's just, yeah, it's felt really nice. Yeah, and even it's funny you said, like, I remember Abby sort of in her episode talking about how people would say, oh, you're no longer a single mum if you repartner. And it's like, I really resent that because it's like when you're not in that nuclear family unit, it's like now all of a sudden you're navigating blended families. How do you finance when you have shared children and Mm. not your children? Like there's, there's still things that will, I do think forever have to be navigated. Like it's just not like you get a partner and all of a sudden that's it. You have a normal family unit. There are so many things to navigate. And I mean, yeah, I sort of joke, we like cry every episode, but I just think, I mean, I'm so in awe of all of the women that we Mm -hmm. speak to. And like, you know, Jess, we get messages all the time and people will give us a little bit about 
their experience. And I'm just like, holy shit, there's just so many women that, you know, still to share and still to celebrate and just go far out. There's so much to learn and take away from everybody's experience. And I know, Rach, when you came to me with the podcast, you were like, I just can't believe that there's nothing out like it. And and now I'm like, yeah, I don't either. Because mm-hmm. it's funny, do you know what? I feel like actually since doing this, I don't know if it's a good thing, I feel like I kind of was just getting on with it. Like yeah. I kind of was just, like we all are, like we, you don't really stop and reflect. And yes, like I do a lot of journaling and I do look back on I think I'm probably more in gratitude as opposed to like looking back on the harder times. And I feel like going through this, it's a good thing. I think I'm like looking back and I'm like, oh, wow, like that was actually pretty amazing what I went through. And I think it's kind of allowing me maybe to do like all this healing and all, yeah, and all this processing. So I just, I actually probably didn't realize how much of a big deal it was going into this. So it's been, been a big learning curve for me too. I don't know if I've ever actually communicated this either. Where it really came from was when I, when Lenny was a newborn, I joined this Facebook group and it is for single mums. Did I ever talk about it? I don't think so. So yeah, it's a Facebook group for single mums in Australia. And I think there's literally like 50,000 women on this Facebook group. And I have to admit, it is probably one of the most depressing, morbid pages I've ever Mm. seen. And normally in that instance, if I felt really yucky seeing stuff all the time, I'd just take myself out of it. I'd be like, oh, this is not benefiting me. It just feels really heavy. But for some reason, I was always like, I want to stick with this because I'm like, there's something here. Like there's something within this that is of value. And where I always kept coming back to is like, imagine 50,000 women that are all like the reasons why they're struggling. Like, We cry every episode because we feel it, like we feel it to our core. We get why it is so hard. It's it's not to take away from that. But I remember just being like, imagine if these conversations that are being amplified here could be flipped over and instead of everyone connecting over the the heaviness of the life and the lack of what they have, I could... we could flip those conversations to be empowering ones and hopeful ones and aspiring ones. And we have we have spoken so much about this, never taking away from the challenges. They're so real and we do have to talk about them. But, you know, to be completely frank, I knew very early on I would never get child support. I knew that very early on and I could sit and complain about it every single day of my life and feel resentful for that. Or I can go, you know what, this sucks. I could really use some support, but what am I going to do about it? Like Mm. I can't sit in this forever, otherwise I'm miserable and it impacts me. So I think it's just about, you know, this space that we want to create and, you know, I feel like from the conversations that we're having sort of online, I think we're doing that. I hope we're doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we so welcome any kind of feedback, but we do want this to be a space where you can where you can leave these conversations and have hope, have mm-hmm. aspire for a different life, and realize that so many of us are actually sitting in it. Yeah, and no matter what you see online, you know we we might touch on this a bit later mm-hmm. in the conversation. We were just saying we might talk about finances and stuff like that, but what you see online isn't always what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and it's not, and it's never. You know, you hear it all the time like healing and growth isn't linear. Yeah. God, there's times where I feel like I've had like really good months work-wise, you know, personally and just the way my headspace is. And then there's months where I just wake up and I'm like, 
not months, but, you know, days where I might feel flat and feel like I'm not getting anywhere and I don't know what my end goal is and, you know, whatnot. So, like, it goes up and down. So I think it's just nice to kind of see, yeah, all of these different women chat about those stories and how they've then kind of found their what, maybe if there's women at the right, right at the start of their, you know, single mothering journey that they look at these women with all these end goals and all these things that, yes. oh, I'll never get to that. It's like, but you, I don't know. It, yeah. I guess it's just such a progression. And then you get to a certain point, like where I am now, I would have like dreamt of, mm-hmm. but now I have so many other goals and it's like, just, it's, it's a constant evolution that, that we're all doing. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to chat about, we get a lot of mums messaging again, like that are right at the start yeah. and they're kind of asking those questions. And it's funny, right? Cause we're so, I guess, yeah, we're, you know, years on now, but it's the things like logistically, what do I do first? Is yeah. it like, how do I go to the gym or how do I have a shower on my own? What do those days look like? Like, how do you start even computing what's going on? So I thought like, let's try and go back and maybe break down the days and I don't know, the weeks. So I do get this as a solo parent, like same as you, I do get this question a lot. And I was actually chatting with a guy that I'm dating last night and just talking about work has always been a challenging one for me. I have a value that I had very early on was that I did want to be at home with Lenny as long as I could. It was just something that surprised me to be honest, but it was just what I wanted. Obviously the reality of how challenging that is, you don't understand (laughs) until you're in it. But at the moment I now get six hours a week with daycare. I have two, three hour days. You can imagine that time goes very bloody quickly. I'm very capped at the moment as to how much I can work, how much I can actually logistically work. So Where I find a lot of push-pull challenge, and I have to admit I've gotten very good at it over the years, it became very early on where I just had to sort of relinquish this expectation that I had around work. We've talked about this a lot, Jess. I'm a big dreamer. I have a fucking different business idea every day of the week. I'm, (laughs) I'm a dreamer and I have all these big visions. And initially it was so fucking frustrating that I was like, I cannot act on any of these. And so I feel like I'm not developing and growing as a human Instead, really just saying it's not never, it's just not right now. And this season of life that I'm in is very heavily motherhood. Yep. To be honest, that six hours a week daycare, while it's not a lot, it literally gifted me the opportunity to start this podcast. Without that, there would have been, in my mind, like no actual logistical ability to do it. So you know, if you're sitting there and you're thinking it's never going to happen, it's like these small incremental pockets of time that Mm. get more and more. And as they get older, it's like simple things like Lenny being able to put himself in the shower, get out, get wrap his towel around him. Like they're small pockets of time that I never had. But logistically, like again, I, I actually start my mornings really slow. I grew up as someone that used to get up early, exercise in a perfect world. That's the life I would be living. But I found that fast paced sort of morning, very challenging for me. It's a slow morning for us. And my day really starts at like 10 o'clock where I go for a walk or I go to Pilates. I found a Pilates place where it's got a crèche. Without that, I just, the gym has always been a challenging one for me. So it's just been getting really creative I do have a garage where I currently live. I bought a treadmill. 
so that I can do stuff at home. And I've just had to really kind of let go of some of these things that I would love to do, like go to a gym and be social. Mm. And even yeah. from a financial point of view, like I probably also couldn't afford a weekly gym membership at this point, you know? So to yeah. answer that, I think getting creative and if, you know, the gym is a non-negotiable, then finding a way to do it, however that yeah. looks. Just for me, financially being sort of capped with certain things that I can do and logistically, like when there's no one else that can tap in for five minutes or ten minutes. Mm. I, yeah, I'm someone that's also very much, because Lenny's always been with me, I'm like I don't think I have to sort of cater to him for him to have a great childhood. So I kind of joke, like in the car he listens to my music, I listen to podcasts because I've always done that. He's really happy with that. He loves my music. <laughs> He goes along the flow with my life. So the things that I like doing are now what he likes doing because I never gave him the opportunity to do the little kitty things and then that be what he wants, if that makes sense. Yep. So, yeah, he really does go along with the flow of my life and, you know, we just touched on it on our last episode. There are times when I am having to work and put him in front of the TV, which I hate doing and I don't love it, but the reality is there's just if I need to create an income, Mm. I just don't have what else do I do? Exactly. No, for sure. I think as well, like if there's still very little, like I've, I shower with Seb every day. Yeah. Like if that's, if it's showering, bring some toys on the floor, shut the door. If it's a door one, I mean, if not, it doesn't matter. Um, honestly toys on the floor and I have, we have long showers. My water bills don't um but that's what we do we have showers like even and if they're little, little, like even when Seb was little, there's these baths that I think they're called just Google whale bath or whale sling bath. And when we go on for Seb when he was four months old and it's got like a little sling in it that if you're in the shower, you put it at the base of the shower and that fills up with water. So then they're in like a hot little bath, but it's got a sling that supports their head. So then I would put him in that and then kind of move him to the side so the water wasn't on him. But I'd put the water kind of full on his legs and he loved it. Um, And I would shower. So I would have, you know, kind of showers and whatnot and then I'd get out, get dry. He would still kind of be splashing about. It's not like you can't fall in it. It's fine. Um, And then get them out and get ready. So that's kind of like one logistic thing if they're not big enough yet for a shower. Like you said, with daycare, again, I know it's kind of different for everyone and waitlist and whatnot. But Seb went into care when he was 11 months old and I I became a single mum when he was six months. Those five months were honestly obviously the hardest because everything was just happening. But once he went into care, I had that space. He was in two days a week and I could start focusing again on me and start healing a bit more. So if you have that possibility and maybe you were hoping that you wanted to be home with your child more, like I totally sympathise in what you're saying, Rach, but if you're thinking about it, maybe just go for a trial, maybe just go and have a look because you will get that time. And I know, I know it can be hard putting them in care earlier than you wanted to. But for me that it did really open up that space to, to grow and heal. Like you said, a gym with a crash. I mean, depending on where you are, like you can get cheap memberships that have crashes. Again, it's going to be budget related, but that's another one, like for your mindset and your just fine with a crash. Um, or, 
kind of book in a couple if you can if you if you go to somewhere if you go to Pilates that doesn't have it and you can you know financially afford it trying to just reach out to your community and will you like your closest and just say you know can I have an hour sometimes yeah. I give a Pilates class like I used to do if it was 50 minutes I would sometimes meet my friend at Pilates they just go for a walk for 50 yeah. minutes with Deb in the pram and yeah. they were like that was fine he's cruisy yeah. so things like that in terms of like mediation and lawyers and whatnot and we go we're going to get a family lawyer on I think the first step we didn't have to go through mediation but the first step kind of that you can do is book in with family mediation and that's that step before you need to go I guess to court if you can't find a I guess a common ground that's just where you kind of sit in a room with someone and I guess they just mediate the conversation and that's where you can bring things forward like shared time um, and kind of discuss all those options so if you are newly single um, I would just seek out kind of family mediation if you can't have those conversations with your ex if that's not a possibility yeah that's probably logistically is there anything else that you can think of Rach? I mean one thing that I would also add you know because I think I'm tempted to say if your value is staying home with your child then there are ways of doing it but I also mm-hmm. recognize that you and I work for ourselves so we have a lot of flexibility yeah I completely appreciate if I didn't work for myself that ability to stay at home might be incredibly more challenging so I just also wanted to mention that because you're right yeah I guess you know and it's why I chose to work for myself for a very long time ago I thought it was so that I could have a fun time and do and travel all the time (laughs) and out that it would be it would gift me the ability to to choose how I you know, did this, but the logistics are hard. Like, I think it's the one thing I'll always say, I just don't have the answers for it. And Mm. like you said, I feel like it's similar to healing in that it's not linear in nature. You know, the minute I feel like I get one element of my life on track, something else sort of falters. And, you know, I sort of, I was on a podcast recently that was about, you know, working and, and motherhood and, she just sort of asked me about the state of my house. Now, you can't really see it right now, but there are times when I'm actually disgusted with the state of my my living because I just can't even, I just can't. And it's the one thing that I'm like, I had to sort of also let go because I'm like, I cannot keep up with this. And the go, go, go nature of my life and sort of just flying off the handle each day, navigating work and parenting, the ability to sort of like look after my place and have it looking perfect all the time. I also live in a small apartment. I found it, it's quite a large apartment, but when I lived in a house, it was much easier. I had one room that sort of dedicated to my laundry being Mm. everywhere. Now it's sort of in your face and probably looks worse than what it is, but just having to let go of some of that stuff and be like, I'm actually doing the genuine fucking best that I can. Mm. And these areas may slip and fall and for now I'm okay with that because, yeah. you know, I just can't. Yeah. And like Elizabeth said, if you listen to her episode and I said it in mine as well, one step and one day at a time. Yeah. You don't need all the answers and you won't have them. Like, and I also think trying to make all those rational decisions at that time in that fluctuated state, is probably actually not the best idea. Yeah. So yeah. be kind to yourself and just trust that, these things will naturally happen as the weeks go on. And they, yeah. they do, they really do. Like I, I harped on about it, it, that 
my girlfriend gave me that advice. And I always think about it. And even now in my current life, I don't need to know everything today. I don't need to know where everything's going. And the biggest thing with a lot of the um, work, this, you know, the manifesting and just like the goal setting and everything that I want for my life, a big part of that, like majority of that is surrendering. Yes. Is, is working, still working hard and working towards your goals, but surrendering that, you know, I, I, I live by, you know, what's meant for you won't pass you by. Yeah. Like in every situation, if it's meant for you, it will not pass you by. It's funny when I met my partner, I was so relaxed when I met him because I got to a stage in life where I was like, if he's my person, he's my person yeah. and it will be okay. And I remember saying it to him and he was a bit like, we, we have to work hard for it still. You have to still put in effort because we we live interstate, like we, we do long distance. And I was like, I know. Yeah. But I just had all this like trust and being that like if you're my person, you're it. I don't know. I kind of feel like you know, like your life's planned out and and we're just here to kind of yeah. go on, on the ride and learn the lessons that we're meant to. So if you're in those early stages, like it won't be like this forever. It, it will not and you'll figure it out like you will. Yeah. One of the questions that, randomly sort of popped up over the last couple of weeks has been people (laughs) asking us if we are planning to have more children. Mm. (laughs) Are you? Do you want more kids? Yeah, I do. I do. Yep. Just one more because that's (laughs) (laughs) just just one more. It's funny. Like I feel like majority of my friends have their babies really close together, which I feel like that's just the norm. People want to get it over and done with and have them close. And I'm two and a half years apart from I'm two and a half years apart from my brother, so I'm very close. But I kind of, uh, even prior to, you know, splitting, I always had this idea that I would never rush into having them close. I would just kind of go by the way I felt. Now, Seb is three to three in August. I, like, not even in the next three years. We just kind of want to get everything on track now. We want to just make sure, and I think that comes from having had split families, that you, yeah, you would hate for to be in that situation again, which we've said and we've, you know, yep. we've spoken to, you know, Ren and Nadia and it does happen. It does happen again that, you know, mm-hmm. the likelihood that it may happen. So I think just for me it, it's just about getting, yeah, everything kind of set now and I, like I have my my life with Seb and it's it's amazing and I, there's there is also a lot of sadness that one day, you know, if I were to go on and get married because I wasn't married before, that I wouldn't, you know, have the same last name as Seb. And if I were to have any, you know, future children, then they wouldn't look like Seb because Seb looks a lot like his dad. And there's definitely like these moments where you go, oh, that's sad. But also what's the alternative? You know, it's not, it's not like you're going to, yeah, go, oh no, I'm just going to like stay with what I was in or whatever, just to have siblings. Like, I don't think that is definitely not the answer. So yeah, there's definitely those feelings. And I think that maybe women that are in a similar situation to me will have those as well. But at the end of the day, and when we, we know lots of families that have done, you know, the co-parent, um, yeah. sorry, blended families, and then they've had more children that it's just love. It's yeah. kids don't know if they're full or hard, like they do when they're older, but to them, it's just their family and they love each other just the same. And yeah. So Short answer, yes. yes. <laughs> what one day, but um, no, no plans yet. Yeah. What about you? Like, what's your thoughts on? Like, is there any fear? Yeah, I think there is an element that I do have a fear around, like recognizing I don't have control 
obviously, you know, I feel like it sounds really bad, but you you feel like you could know someone and I'm sure all of us have been in relationships where you're like, you think it will be forever and the reality is that that life happens and for whatever reason you can still separate. So there's definitely a fear that I have around being in the same sort of circumstances that I'm in. That is a fear, but I guess also... I think as Lenny's gotten older, I was always, you know, 100% I want another kid. I probably maybe even if I financially can do it, want to. Like I was really set on that. But it's funny as Lenny is getting older and more independent, it's not to take away from it. I definitely still want more kids. But I just kind of go, oh, shit, I'm out of the really hectic young phase and it's getting easier and he's fun and we can chat and life seems more manageable that I'm like, fuck, do I really want to go back to that? Yeah. But I also recognise I was quite literally on my own in a house by myself with a baby working with no financial support and I'm just like, it will be different and that's, Mm. I'm so excited. I recognise that there are challenges still when you have a relationship. I'm not you know, completely naive, but I just think about all the moments that were really hard for me, even just being pregnant. My pregnancy was such a challenge. And I'm like, I cannot wait to have those moments where you're doing it with someone and you're so excited together. And there's so much love in those moments. Like I just, oh, I could just take myself there now. And even birth, I can't wait to do childbirth again, but like not be like to be with the man that I love that helped me create this person. And I just, when I go back to that, I'm like, I can't wait for that. But then I don't believe that marriage is everything, but there is something about me now that says I do want to be married before I have kids. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that it's like obviously the thing that means you'll stay together because obviously I know that's not the reality, but how I view marriage has shifted a lot over the years and just that Deep commitment is something that I am really looking for in my life. Mm -hmm. And just I do think the value of marriage has shifted over the years, but it's like those really deep core values about choosing to be with someone. I am really looking for that deep commitment before I choose to have kids again. Yeah. But, yeah, it's 100% something that I want. And if I have, if my partner in the future whoever I have kids with, has the financial means. I've even said, you know, I would love this time round to have two years where, of course, if it's financially possible, that I don't work because Mm. I never got that the first time round and I just would love to exist in just like pure motherhood and not also be like struggling to put a roof over my head at the same time. Like I just, and I know there's families now that are in partnerships that are potentially navigating that. So, you know, I totally appreciate that. But if I can, I would love to experience motherhood in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And that's the thing is like we can sit here and talk about it. And like again, we just have no idea what's to come Mm -hmm. and and what will pan out. Like everyone jokes, like imagine if you have twins next and you're like, oh my gosh. I know or more. Like I go, I'm sick for a psychic. And you know, Mm -hmm. I've gone to psychics before. Mind you, every psychic I've gone to kind of the past few years they've all just said you're having a girl you're having oh, one wow. girl yeah so that would be nice <laughs> but I have no idea when but you're right it's another thing I've also been aware of Lenny is half Balinese and so he's you know darker skinned and 
to be honest, I felt really sad because I do think Lenny's quite beautiful. And of course, I'll think all my children. But I'm like, oh no, they they are going to look different. And I would hate for that to be something that Lenny doesn't understand. And obviously, I think it's just how we communicate that to our Mm. little. But yeah, I mean, I will with the last name thing. So Lenny has my last name. So then it would be my second child that I would potentially have a difference a lot to. Navigate, <laughs> really, like far out. Who would have thought just like the name would be a thing? Yeah, I know. And I think, do you know what? I think that's probably us pushing those yeah. beliefs onto it because I actually don't think it's an issue. It like, really even, matters. Yeah. Having been a, a teacher, a school teacher, I don't think, I yeah. think, to be honest, a majority of kids have different last names to their parents yeah. for so many different reasons. So, um, like to, to one, you know, one parent. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and finally, before we, feel, oh my gosh, we always say we're going <laughs> to do a little quick app. And just touch on obviously finances, which is kind of trickle is the common thread throughout throughout our conversations together. But um, just about a lot of mums, yeah, just talking about their finances and how we we get stuff done. I think for me, doing what I do, like so, I was primary school teacher when Seb was born. Well, you know, before I had Seb, and that was just I was doing contract work and I was dabbling in my social media and modelling. Then I had Seb and single mum six months. And I couldn't leave him because I didn't have care. So I really, I guess, kind of ramped up doing social media. And now I actually, this year, I made the decision that I actually wouldn't go back to teaching any kind of in in the foreseeable future because financially the work, the other work that I do is um, just much more beneficial. So I understand that kind of through my social media and the opportunities that I'm given, like it definitely looks like I live a very like lavish lifestyle and look, there's definitely elements to it that I'm super grateful for. And that, yeah, I do have, I have the ability to like have really nice clothes and, you know, beautiful things. And it's, yeah, I'm very fortunate for it, but finance struggles as a single parent, like are still so real. And so building at the moment and the, this build, I actually bought the land almost two years ago and there was issues with the subdivision of the property and there was a tree on the block. So I thought we'd already be in the house by now. So for the past, you know, 18 months, a bit more than 18 months, I've been paying rent where we're renting and mortgage as well. I I have said that 2023 will be the year that I look back on that was my most financially stressful year that I've ever had in my life. And I think it's because you get to a certain level of living and just, you know, as they get older and whatnot, you know, there's certain expenses that you've got. And I really, like I, I said in my episode with Nadia that my big focus on is money mindset. I didn't grow up with money at all. I was raised by a single mum. My dad didn't support mum at all. Like we, he definitely, you know, was like, oh, here's 20 bucks, here's this and that. And like we definitely got bits and pieces. But in terms of actual child support, he didn't support mum at all. And so then I definitely kind of understood that, you know, money was a stressor from the get-go. Like all I remember from my parents being together is fighting about money. So it, yeah, has always been something that I really, both my brother and I need to really kind of, I guess, break down because it's just beliefs within ourselves that, um, that money is always stressful. So it's, um, yeah, it's definitely been a year kind of having those expenses together. So a lot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been tough and everything is going into, into living like house and renting, which very fortunate. And I always came back to the kind of to the feeling going, do you know what? I don't mind because I know that it's setting us up for our future, but yeah, yeah, it's bloody stressful. Mm. I mean, finances for me, it's always, it's always a bit of a, a journey 
Um, it's really interesting because I am now dating someone. And so something that I was challenged by previously was that I felt like I had no social life and it used to make me so sad. Cause I'm like, here I am, I'm this young, single 31 year old, but I'm at home on my couch every fucking night of the week. And that used to feel so sad for me. Mm. Um, now I am dating. And so all of a sudden I have a bit more of a social life, which I am honestly reveling in. And I do love it. And just that feeling, it sounds so ridiculous, but sitting outside around other young, normal people and going like, Oh, like other people do actually socialize. And like, it, it really was just me that was sitting on her bum on the couch. But what I've noticed is how quickly it has impacted my finances because mm-hmm. I'm not used to having a social life. And all of a sudden, like you said, I I don't have lots of nice clothes. And so I'm like, oh, fuck, I've got nothing to wear. And I can't actually, I literally cannot afford to go and buy a hundred dollar top or, you know, God forbid you need a top end pair. Like I went shopping last week just out of interest sakes and like for an outfit it was like $300 and I'm like I actually can't like I cannot do that um but I also had to it wasn't an uncomfortable conversation but with the guy that I'm dating I did also have to kind of just be really upfront with that and say I didn't want there to be this expectation that he always had to pay for dinner but he was actually choosing the places and I would kind of go and look at the menu and it would I'd be like oh God, like that's quite pricey. And if there is an expectation that I'm paying for half, I am also paying for a babysitter. So I did have to kind of have an upfront convo and be like, look, I'm really appreciative. I'm loving these dinners out, but I also just need to be really upfront that like I actually can't afford that. And I'm already feeling a little bit pinched in the fact that I'm now paying for babysitter. Like, you know, we went out Mm. Friday night and it was a hundred bucks, like just like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so if I had to pay for dinner too, I would be stuffed really. Yeah. But I think it is just definitely a teaching for me to be really open with having that communication. We had a nice chat around it and he was like, yep, that's totally fine. And he, I think it's even something that I've found really attractive about him. I There's this woman that I used to follow online that was, she used to sort of say things like, you know, if you meet a guy and he's not open, you know, he wants to take you out all the time and you can't and he doesn't offer to pay for your babysitter half or something like that. And I remember at the time being like, that's a lot to ask of someone. I would never ask that of them. And Mm. I almost found that a bit uncomfortable. And, you know, there's like I needed to buy a baby monitor and he was like, oh, I'll get it. And I was like, why would you, like, why would you buy it? And he's like, well, it benefits me too, because you're able to come out with me. And I'm like, even just the fact that he had that thought process, I find really attractive. And it's like, he's sort of looking at it from a already partnership kind of point of view, where it's like, if I do want to take you out, um, which I love, I think the reality of our circumstances, if you can't afford to do that, it's like, it becomes domestic very quickly. You're on the couch together. So yeah, yeah. it's like, I'm on the couch I actually don't want that. I want to experience this version of dating and being out mm. and about. So I think unfortunately, you know, just having those upfront conversations and you know, yeah, he joked last night, you know, one time we'll go to a fancy place and the next time we'll go to KFC and I'm like 100% no. But, <laughs> yeah, it's like it doesn't have to be the big, you know, fancy yeah. fine dining venue. But, 
Yeah, unfortunately, I feel like finances are an uncomfortable conversation to have. There's probably a lot of shame around it. I know there is for me. Like even talking about this now, I'm like, yuck. Like do I really want to tell people that I can't afford this and I can't afford that? But I'm like, it's just the reality. And I think it's the reality for many single Mm. parents. And I think just being upfront means now when we go when we go for dinner or when we do there's not this sort of like uncomfortable feeling I verbalized what it is for me and I think mm-hmm. that just sort of helps I guess the relationship and having that open communication but it's a constant evolution for me and you know I talk to you about it all the time I I can't wait for the day when my finances is not such a big, big element of my life yeah. you know yeah I joke, like I've got car issues and I was sending memes to a friend the other day because it's like I'm ignoring them because I'm like I can't financially deal with them right now. Yeah. But if I break down in the middle of Melbourne, like I'm equally fucked. So it's just like I can't wait to be in a position where it's like something like that happens and I yeah. can just do something about it straight away and not be like shit, shit, shit. This yeah. is incredibly stressful because I can't afford it right now. Yeah. And I think as well like when you – I always think about this, like if imagine if we were partner, we, you know, both are partners, but our wages and our own are actually really great. Like mm-hmm. we're actually, we're, we would be a, both of us about, about, you know, well above average, but mm. when you're doing it on your own, it, yeah. it actually, then it, it's just hard because then there's that full identity crisis that you've got. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm not worthy and I'm not enough and all the things that it's like, well, no, if you actually looked at majority of the people we know in partnered relationships, they wouldn't be on the same, but it is, it's really hard when it's all on you. It's just like just that cost of living, like renting a house on your well, own. Yeah, I'm so fortunate to have my brother to share those costs because I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have him. And we were having this conversation yesterday, Rach, where we were calling, kind of planning our, our chats and, you know, interview. And I was home with Seb and like he's just three at the moment and like I'm just finding it really tough. Like he's – I'm like where is my sweet boy? Like he's talking back. He's just attitude. He's being rude and, you know, I'm trying my best to like – and I don't I don't yell. Like I'll be, you know, obviously firm but like I'm just not a yeller. That's not in me. I mean all, all good if you are. But as in then when he yells at me, I'm like where are you getting that from? Like who yeah. yells around here? Like it's just yeah. crazy. But um, I called you and Seb's in – care three full days like I'm talking 8 a.m till 4 35 and I was like how do you do it because Mm. yeah we're both solo parents but I've got way more support than you and I was like I there's even like layers to solo parenting like I don't get what you're going through and it's just wild it is wild but I think that's the magic of what we're trying to create is community and you can imagine you know, you know, the conversations hit different when you're talking to someone, like when you and I jump on the phone together and whether we're at the same levels or not, I don't think that matters, but you understand each other and you can support each other within that. And so I guess what, you know, my vision is, is to be able to create a community where other single parents can connect with each other and find support within each other. And, you know, whether it's exchanging care with your children you know like that saved my life in the early days when I didn't have childcare. is I had a single mum friend and one day a week each I had her boy for three hours she had mine and it's not huge but they are those tiny little things that actually save your fucking ass when you have nothing and 
vice versa. You know, this same friend, I was didn't have somewhere to live. And even though it was a genuine fucking shit show, her house was not big enough. I stayed there for a period of time. And vice versa, like we've been able to show up for each other in big ways. And I just think if we can create a community where you have access to many women in similar situations and whether it's being able to jump on the phone or whether it's in person able to physically support each other, financially support each other, you know, Mm. so that you can go on a date, you know, you've got a single mum friend so that she can go on a bloody date and not spend a 100 plus bucks on a babysitter. You know, that stuff is just priceless. And if anything, you know, I know, you know, you and I have talked about it, but I'd I would love that is sort of the the space that I would love to create and give women access to it because I know it's really hard to go searching for it yourself and to reach out to people. Um, It's very hard. Yeah. Yeah. And we do have a Facebook group. Again, we're trying to be more present on it too. So we do have a Facebook group, Mothering on My Own, that we would love anyone to join. Also, let's preface that you don't use a baby monitor while you go out. The baby monitor, because you guys are neighbours, the baby monitor is just so you can hear him in his room. Uh, Also, we better clarify that. People are going to think she's leaving a baby monitor while you go No, no, it's it's just so that I can know what's going on if I'm not at home. But, yes, um, no. (laughs) We bought a baby monitor. That would be a great (laughs) fix to paying a babysitter. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. We just wanted to kind of like recap what we've been going through for the past few weeks. So we will see you next week and have a lovely week, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mothering On My Own. If you'd like to connect with us further, please follow our Instagram at motheringonmyown.podcast.